Good morning from Windle in St Helens. My name is Leslie Hughes and I'm the Vice Chair of Wigan Deanery Trust, the charity that supports the work of Church Wigan. Our reading this morning is from John chapter 10, verses 31 to the end, in the NIV UK version. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said, I am God's son? Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I in the Father. Again they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Today's passage marks the end of Jesus' ministry, as recorded in John's Gospel. If we look more deeply into the context, opposition towards Jesus from the Jewish religious leaders had been building for some time. Winding back to John chapter 5, after Jesus had healed the man at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath, we read that they wanted to kill him. Then, immediately after this, we see, as Mark tells it, that the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. Fast forward to John chapter 8, where they're questioning Jesus' actions and the claims he makes. They call him demon-possessed. Their anger reaches a new pitch. They attempt to stone him, but he slips away, eluding them. By the time we reach John chapter 10, this opposition and hatred of Jesus has further intensified. Once again, we see the Jewish leaders picking up stones in a frenzy, determined to get rid of him. In Jewish law, stoning was a penalty for serious sin. The law required that witnesses to the sin cast the first stone. When Jesus asks them why they're doing this, they accuse him of making himself out to be God when he was a mere man. In their eyes, this was blasphemy. Jesus strongly counters their arguments by pointing them to his works. He appeals to his opponents one last time, stating, 
I am God's son. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you don't believe me, believe the works. But these hard-hearted, arrogant men are blind to the truth that Jesus sets before them. Acting as a mob, they try once again to seize him. Again, he escapes. His time to die had not yet come. But soon after these incidents, he is arrested, tried and sentenced to death on the cross. He faces the bleakest moments of his life, crying out to his father in anguish at the rocky, barren place called Golgotha. Why did these religious men hate Jesus so much? Why had they so much anger towards him? And why were they persecuting him? Well, Jesus' words and actions profoundly challenged everything they stood for. He threatened their status, their religious practices, their laws and traditions, and the comfortable lives they enjoyed. The kingdom values Jesus demonstrated turned their worldview upside down. He socialised with sinners, he healed outcasts, cast out demons, and through his teaching showed authority and knowledge far greater than theirs. There were also political reasons why the religious leaders wanted Jesus dead. The situation between the Romans and the Jews at this time was, to say the least, unstable. The last thing they wanted was a Messiah leading the people in an uprising. Jesus had many followers, and this possibility shook them to the core. As I read this passage, I felt compelled to ask some difficult questions of myself, and I asked them of you today. How do we respond to people and situations that challenge us? Challenge our culture, our status, our religious beliefs and preferences? How do we respond to the lost, the last and the least in our society? How do we deal with opposition and conflict? What metaphorical stones do we pick up and hurl when the comfortable status quo of our lives is threatened? What barriers do we place in the way of God working out his wonderful plans for our lives. Are we, like the Jewish leaders, guilty of closing our eyes and our ears to the truth, hardening our hearts and running the risk of missing out on all the blessings that our Father God wants to pour out on us? Do we fail to see our own sin and brokenness finding ourselves in barren places where God seems silent and far away. Lent is a fitting season in which to ponder on these things and marvel again at the hope we have through Jesus' death on the cross. As we do this, let's ask the Holy Spirit to open our ears and our eyes 
to soften our hearts, that we may experience afresh the joy of knowing the risen Jesus. Let's pray that we may walk forgiven into the brilliant light of his amazing love, goodness and mercy. Let's pray. A prayer by writer Howard Thurman. Lord, Lord, open unto me. Open unto me, light for my darkness. Open unto me, courage for my fear. Open unto me, hope for my despair. Open unto me, peace for my turmoil. Open unto me, joy for my sorrow. Open unto me, strength for my weakness. Open unto me, wisdom for my confusion. Open unto me, forgiveness for my sins. Open unto me, tenderness for my toughness. Open unto me, love for my hates. Open unto me, thyself for myself. Lord, Lord, open unto me. Amen. May God bless you today and every day.